0: Crazy baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, babe, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate. Separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet. The storm is coming. Cue, for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate. Instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate. Forcing us to sit and wait Till we come together, congregate And then we liberate Praying that you give me strength To find some love amongst the hate Marching on these streets of blood Till I see the golden gates True and troubled souls One of God's servants Blades out, cut the grass Till we see the serpents Oh, I hope you
1: see the truth. Uh, Hello everybody, back with Freedom Speak I'm Becca Marie at KDAZ And I'm here with uh, General... Greg Zanetti, well, retired. but Yes, retired. I still, you know, you hold that title regardless. Yeah, that's true. Because you left the military say, service uh, honorably. Oh yeah. So we still can consider you a general, right? There that's what that's from what I understand.
0: Just don't make me do push-ups. Okay, I
1: won't make you do that. Okay. And by the way, I want to send a thanks to Mary Kay, which is producing the show today. Um, this is uh, she's doing this for me because we're we're actually. Just so you know, we're, we're working kind of in a temporary studio right now. And uh, they're building a brand new studio here at the station, which is going to be really totally awesome that I'm going to be using. And it will be ready at some point, hopefully pretty soon. And um, once we move there, we will be live and we'll have the ability for you to call in, text in, and I'm also gonna uh, give you information for my social media page, so you can even use social media to interact with me during the show. So we'll have a lot of ways for you to interact, and it should be a lot of fun. So, um, Greg, we were talking about, let's continue on that conversation we were talking about before the break. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I think we can do it pretty fast. Yeah, Uh, it's good stuff.
0: So, FedCoin is programmable. So, let's say that you've downloaded the app, and the Federal Reserve drops 3,000 Fed coin into your phone. All right, so you can use it at the grocery store. You can pay your taxes, pay your mortgage, a- anything you want with it. Because the Fed coin is programmable, each coin you can trace its history from the time you get it. I don't know. Maybe you go to the grocery store. The grocer spends it at the florist. The florist goes to the gas station. The gas station guy goes to the casino, and then eventually you buy some weed with it. You can follow the whole chain. Imagine the control. Now, your phone has a GPS in it. What if they wanted to enforce COVID restrictions? Right. Right. That has crossed my mind. Right. So they would say, okay, your Fed coin is good within five miles of your home. If you leave that radius oh, we're so sorry, it kind of disappears, and why did you go beyond the radius? It's
1: like, we locked you down. You weren't supposed to leave your house. Right. It's like, you only had permission to go to this place. You only had this permission to go to work and come back home, or go to the grocery store and come back home, and it's like, since you did not obey our orders, we're going to cut off your money.
0: Exactly. Or or they penalize you, or uh, let's see, they, they could give you a social credit score.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, politically
0: yeah. correct, Becca Marie. You get four thousand. Oh my card. God, I'd be in so much trouble. Right. <laughs> politically incorrect. <laughs> it's <Zanetti>. like Becca,
1: <laughs> Becca Marie. You went to that. Pro- I, we saw you on that street corner protesting with right. that sign, and we didn't like that. Right. So we're going to cut you off, or, or we're sure. going to reduce your social credit score because you haven't been. You've been really naughty.
0: Right, and they can yeah. make it disappear from your account. Let's say they wanted to get uh, inflation really going. What they could do is put a timer on your Fed coin, all right, use it or lose it, you've got 30 days, otherwise it's gone. Well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go out and spend, but every restaurant owner, every business, can shoot, they gotta spend their money, hike the price of a taco a dollar. And so if they wanna spark inflation, they can. Uh, They could send out tranches, excuse me, of billions out to the banks and say, okay, you can loan this Fed coin, but only to these zip codes or only to these people, I mean, imagine, or these industries. The amount of control that you can get out of a digital programmable currency is stunning. You will always pay your taxes because they will always know how much came in and exactly what you spent it on. They'll just take it out. Well, sure. Yeah. And so this is the direction that they want to go and they've been very open about it. This isn't woo-woo, it's not some conspiracy thing. Just, you know, do a little checking on digital Currencies, and you will see kind of the, these globalist leaders talking about it very openly. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to get there, you must first erase the old system. And this is kind of the conclusion I had to come to: is they want this inflation. Oh that, yeah. Right. They're trying to burn down the whole system. Right. So the build back better is the second part. First, you have to destroy it. Okay. So that well, of course, the build back better is basically socialism, communism, total control. Yeah. Right. And so. You know, maybe you wanted to do this in the third hour, but, you know, what do you then do about it? Yeah. How do we, you know, respond? And actually, I I think they're more vulnerable than we think. But that said, what you talked about in your opening monologue gets really impressive. The uh, If you look at how the left has done what I call the march through the institutions. Yeah. It's been incredibly effective. And oh, it yeah. started decades ago sure. in a long-term plan. Generations. Yeah. So, all right. Have they taken over the education system? I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, how about the, the mainstream media? Totally. Certainly. Uh, how about the judicial system? Yeah. I would say yes. Uh, let's see. Sports, entertainment, culture, TV, this kind of thing. I, again, yes. And, and now we're looking, uh, even certainly politics. And then you look at where you would never expect it to be. They've made inroads into the woke military now and into our first responders and police. And so here we are, and yet they're incredibly vulnerable. And you can tell that they're scared because when you're fearful, you impose censorship.
1: Well, and not Which- only that, but what they've managed to do is they've managed to weed out a lot of these pesky people that don't uh, just do everything they're told right. by saying, if you don't get the jab, then we're going to fire you. They weeded out a lot of people in the military by doing that.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, you
1: you non-compliant people that just don't blindly follow orders, you're out of here.
0: Right. And and you know what this is all about. It's not about health. We know that. That stopped a long time ago. If it was truly about health, they would have closed the border. Yeah. But instead, (laughs) you come across the border with no mask on. Oh, here, welcome. Here, take your $450,000 gift, you know, for coming to America. I'm glad that didn't go through, but that they even talked about it is that's stunning. It's just, just insane. Right. Meanwhile, it, it, they shut down these little businesses who are just tr- trying to earn a living. And, and you're right. Th- th- there's no shame. I mean, there's no guilt. There's no responsibility for, oh, I might have done that. They don't even think in these terms. No, we're
1: talking about a huge bureaucracy
0: in which in which
1: people are just doing their jobs.
0: Right. Yeah. And and that is kind of how they, they think, What you're talking about, the, you know, the expertocracy. Yeah. And yet that's not really what leadership is all about because you're right. If you're an expert on something good on you, you you dove deep and we need people like you out there. But in leadership positions or to set policy across an entire nation driven by one little slice of science or engineering or economics or whatever is foolishness. And so what we've done is we've abrogated leadership and responsibility over to the so-called experts, and you can see what's happening to the nation as a whole and all of it's bad. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, these are all reasons I'm running for governor here. I'm not sure I can uh, change the nation or change the world, but do I believe New Mexico could be changed? Yes. So anyway, you, you kind of know where my areas of expertise are. I, I was very fortunate to have a very successful career in the military because I had great people who helped get me there. And I just, we have everything wrong right now. What you said earlier about that the government should be working for the people instead of the people working for the government is exactly right. But you have to have leaders who think like this. It's not how many people do you have working for you, it's, you know, wait, right? no, you've got it wrong. I'm working for all those people out there. And when you have that attitude, then you start to push power and authority and responsibility down. Right. And things get much better. You see it right now in our education system. And we talked about the march through the institutions. They centralized education. And let's think about it just in New Mexico's term. um, We've got this public education department that you and I both know is totally out of control. Right.
1: All
0: right. This was a relatively new invention. We didn't used to have a PED. This was a Bill Richardson deal. All right, in the last 20 years, has public education improved in this state? <laughs> <laughs> right. <you're laughs> you, know,
1: the, you know, the thing that really upsets me here lately is these teachers want raises. Right. Well, they haven't been working for the last two years. Why do they get a raise? Well,
0: Right. And what they're saying is, well, yeah, but prices have gone up. It, well, yeah, because you've got these leftist policies where they're printing money like crazy, which devalues the currency, which forces prices up. But you can't really explain that. But how would you fix education? You have to declaw the PED. Yeah. And how can, can a governor do that? Actually, the governor can. You can take you can, all those regulations that they promulgated, call them back. You can revoke them. That's regulatory, not legislative. And you can shrink that department. You can basically take the claws and the teeth. You can't get rid of it. It's by the Constitution. But you can almost make it irrelevant. Step number two is you then push the power and authority back down to the local levels where local school boards mm-hmm. work with local communities and parents and the kids. It worked better. And now step number three, back to the money. Always follow the money flow, Beckham Right now, the money flow for education starts with politicians, It then flows to bureaucrats. Then it flows to unions. Then the money flows to administrators, teachers, parent, child. Flip it. What you wanna see is money starting with the child. Yeah, And following the child to parochial school, to private school, public school, trade school. I don't care where you take it. It's up to the parents then to decide who are empowered because they have the funds.
1: Well, and see, this is why I'm really, really, really in favor of like something like a voucher system. Right. Okay. And not only that, but like you're hearing these, a lot of these schools have these ridiculous mandates in place. Oh, right. And things like that. Okay. So. I have been thinking all along we've heard them talking about this uh, voucher idea right. okay to where each parent receives a certain amount of money per child let's say $12,000 yeah and so and they get to decide where they're going to spend that money right so it's like it's like anything else Uh, let's say for instance, uh, this school over here, they have these ridiculous, uh, mandates and they're constantly sending the kids home and wanting to do this remote learning garbage. Uh, and there's another school saying, no, we're staying open. We're going to tough it out. Just like we always have, you know, the flu goes around every season and it's like, uh, we're going to make sure your kid stays in class. And it's like, well, I'm going to spend my money there. Right.
0: Right. Freedom. Yeah. Now now let's play it out. You talked about the teachers and the pay raise and 7%. Think of it this way. What if you had 10 parents get together and say, uh, Teacher Becca Marie, we want you to teach our 10 children. You're going to be their private tutor. We know that you are capable in these subjects. And we're going to give the ten, $12,000 to you. 10 times $12,000 is one hundred twenty grand to the teacher. Yeah. Now you're not talking about 7% pay raises. You're talking about serious money down in the classroom level Now what happens? The talent, which, you know, usually wants to go up and get me out of the classroom because I don't make enough money. I can become a principal and make more. Starts to think, what am I doing up here? I need to be getting back down into the classroom and I can compete. Now you're not talking about these pay raises. Now it becomes far more competitive and imagine teachers making that kind of money. Why can't we sell that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's like, it's like, the open market. It's right. like it's like when businesses are competing, it's right. capitalism. It's basically employing capitalism into the school system, sure. which everybody's going to want to be better all the time so that they can get the they can get the money. Right. It's like, well, we're going to make our school better than that school over there. It's like, oh, well nobody's coming here. Uh, they don't like our tyrannical mandates. I guess we got we're going to have to lift those mandates if we want to get any business.
0: Right. And so we need to say because we're last in everything, what have we got to lose? Maybe it's just time to start trying these things. And I believe we could turn this state very quickly. And so you know, we're talking about all this inflation stuff. All right, well, Beckham, you and I can't really control that. You know, you're not in charge of the Federal Reserve, I'm not in charge of the Treasury, and we all know how they're gonna be doing this thing. But how is New Mexico going to adjust to this? How could we go from worst to first? Let's tell you, you probably know this about me, but you know, I've managed money for billionaires. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the billionaires are not working for us. They are working against us. Basically, they take our money and they take our freedom and they're all for that. It's all about power and control. But because I got to operate in that world for a while... I got to see how it works,
1: and they've got this really, really evil uh, kind of alliance going on with the government. Right. It's big like tech, it's like farmer. I scratch your my back, right. y- you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing, going back and forth. And it's like, yeah, it's like these large corporations—they're totally fine with uh, regulations and things like that because they find ways around them. Whereas the little guy who doesn't have the money, the right. money to spend on all these big-time lawyers, right. uh, they just get. They just get swept under the rug. They just get totally destroyed.
0: Right. And and so why did MLG go along with all the stuff that crushed 40% of the small businesses? Because they don't donate to her campaign.
1: Yeah, whereas like places like Walmart,
0: oh, they they made more money than ever. And and by the way, the small businesses didn't vote, uh, donate to Republican campaigns either. They're running their own business trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And so to her, it was, well, yeah, we'll keep Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart open, but the little guys... right, well, this happens on a much broader scale across this country. But once you kind of understand their tactics, their techniques, their procedures, you start to think, okay, how can we combat this? What would we do here in New Mexico? And this is where, you know, governors in Eddie would say this. The wealthy people of the world don't think like you and I do. They don't think in terms of money at all. No. They they think in terms of wealth.
1: It's like one of those things where... I've heard this term used uh, when it comes to money. It's like they've they're way beyond critical mass. Right. They're way beyond that. Right. It's like money. They don't even think about money anymore. It's yeah. like, oh, I want that. I just just I'm just going to buy it right. because yeah, I I've got so much money I'll never spend it all.
0: Right. So what they're doing is they're trying to actually convert their currency into wealth, and there are foundationally I would say three kinds of wealth in the world. Uh, the first kind of wealth actually is spiritual, yeah. and it's very it's actually it's the most important, but I'm not running for high priest, so let's just stay <laughs> in the horizontal here. My spiritual wealth, actually,
1: over the past couple of years, has greatly increased. Right, and I think that's a lot. That's the case for a lot
0: of people I know. I think so too. Yeah, and uh, unless we get straight and better in the vertical, all this stuff in the horizontal's not not going to improve. Mm-hmm. But in the horizontal, wealth from the earth is one area they always focus on. So I want you to think oil, gas, timber, copper, iron, uranium, corn, wheat, soybeans, gold, silver, uh, the stuff God made. Sometimes I call it low tech. Cotton is cotton. Right. A thousand years from now, it'll still be cotton. It doesn't change. But everything in this room we're in right now began in the earth, right? Yeah, it did. Right, everything right. starts there. Right. So w- why is why is Bill Gates suddenly become the largest owner of farmland in the United States? Well, right. Y- you understand why? Why is the why is the, the largest private owner of water rights in California is the Harvard Endowment? Think about that. Wait. Why is an East Coast university loading up on billions in West Coast water rights? Well, who sits on the board of the very prestigious? Harvard Endowment. Oh, the guys from uh, Twitter, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, JP Morgan, you know, high, high tech, high finance. Water is about as far away from their product as you can get, and yet they're buying it. The largest owner of physical silver, bars of silver in the United States is JP Morgan. Wait, wait, you guys don't need silver to make solar panels, you guys don't do that. You don't make electric cars It needs some silver. Why are you hoarding silver? Oh, you see what's coming. All of this inflation. Yeah. And you can't print silver. You can't print water. You can't print corn, soybeans, and cattle. And so they're loading up on that. Now, there's another kind of wealth. I want you to think wealth from human hands, taking aluminum and making an airplane.
1: Well, and you see, that's a thing that a lot of people don't think about. And I learned this in economics. It's like, well, where does wealth come from? It's like, well, ultimately, wealth starts with work, right. okay? So atten- es- essentially, human beings are the resource at the very bottom. They're, that's where everything starts from. Right. And those other things that you are talking about, like the gold and the silver and sure. the water and things like that, those are the materials that the humans use to build things. Right. So you've got work uh, given by human beings and then you've got the material. So work and materials, those are like the two basic things.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and so when you start to substitute stimmy checks for real work and just say, okay, we're going to send you money. Stay home, smoke weed, play video games, and enjoy your life. And
1: by the way, you know, the Biden administration is going to start providing crack
0: pipes for people now. You heard about that one, right? They're designer crack pipes <laughs> with, with Hunter Biden's <laughs> name written yeah, on the side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, this is, this is the insanity that's going on out I, there right now. I mean, now. we're
1: living in bizarre land right now. Well, we are. So, we I mean, totally this is are.
0: the world of magical thinking from the left. Anyway, wealth from human hands is a, uh, that's a moving target, though. Yeah, I mean, wealth from human hands 150 years ago was the railroad. Good on those guys. Yeah. All right, and we all know the progression: cars, radios, TVs, microwave ovens, and now we're here. All right. Well, what's coming next? Uh, Artificial intelligence, uh, quantum computing, nanotechnology, uh, micro machinery. Now let's let's think about this in terms of New Mexico. Do we have wealth from the earth in New Mexico? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, we do. Yeah. Gas and oil. And we have timber, and we have uranium, and we have uh, copper. and we, you know we have four of the 17 rare earth elements here?
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: Right. And it's all bottled up in rules and regulations and tax policies where we can't even use this stuff. And then all that stuff I just talked about, the high-tech stuff that's coming, the quantum computing and artificial intelligence. Where was that stuff born? New Mexico. It was born at New Mexico Tech, at the labs, at Apotech, at New Mexico State. Labs, the, yeah. The amount of brain power that we have in this state <laughs> is stunning. And yet, with wealth from the earth and wealth from human hands, we have not been able to combine these things to come off the bottom economically. So let me give you an example of how we could do this going forward. Given the environment that we're in with all this money printing and all this kind of stuff, let's... um. Let's do something really basic, water. Uh, I think everybody out there knows we have water issues in this state, and we're all terrified. We have to send more water down to Texas, and we've got these compacts we'd have to adhere to. Meanwhile, it has been dry. The yeah. farmers are concerned. You talk to the dairy farmers, you talk to you know, anybody in ag, and they're going, uh-oh. Did you know, though, that New Mexico is the Saudi Arabia of brackish water? Oh, really? We have billions, billions of acre feet of brackish, salty, minerally water. Well, we have enough, by conservative estimates, you know, a thousand-year supply of water in this state. Brackish water. Right, brackish water. Now, the good thing about brackish water is it's not covered under the compacts. We don't have to send it downstream to Texas. And also, it doesn't come encumbered by water rights. Uh It's basically ours. All right, so that's low-tech, brackish water. Yuck, who needs it? But look at the technology, well, from human hands, out of Israel in particular, in their ability to desalinate water. Yeah. The technology has soared. And as the technology has gotten better, the prices have come down. Meanwhile, the price to pump and move fresh water hundreds of miles—water's heavy— <laughs> has Oh, yeah. Gl- has uh, gone.
1: Roughly uh, seven hey. pounds per gallon— yeah, a bit. I learned that Eight. from
0: being a pilot. There you go. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the fuel, you know, uh, gasoline is roughly six pounds per, per gallon. <laughs> you
0: yeah. should go on Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> the lines haven't crossed yet, but we ought to get ahead of this thing. So how would you do it? Well, here's what they did down at Fort Bliss, Texas. <laughs> Fort Bliss deemed fresh, clean water a national security issue. And they went to the city of El Paso, and they said, you wanna know something? We got all these people coming in, we got all these refugees, we got this huge military base, we don't have enough fresh water. We wanna build a desal plant here, but we wanna share the cost with you. So Department of Defense will pick up part of the cost, you pick up part of the cost, and we'll share the water. Mm -hmm. So they built this desal plant, it's doing 30 million gallons of water a night in fresh water. Wow. Okay, so wait a minute, don't we have two Air Force bases here in New Mexico? No three, and we have two national labs. Why aren't we going to the Pentagon saying we can do it here? We'll split the costs with you. And now let's take it one more step. Have you heard of small modular nuclear reactors? Uh, Yeah, I have. Good. Yeah, it's a nuclear. Actually,
1: Art Thornton was actually talking about those too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a nuclear reactor about the size of a McDonald's. Uh huh. It will power sixty thousand homes. But it doesn't have the big cooling towers. They won't melt down. It's fifth-generation stuff. Weren't we the atomic state? Yeah. Weren't we the uranium state? Where where it started. Right. <laughs> Don't we have this geological wonder down in Carlsbad? Not the caverns, but those salt pits. Right. Where you can store the waste for 200 years until it's safe. And I know 200 years seems like a long time, but it really isn't forever. Yeah, the,
1: the whip project they got yeah. down there.
0: All right. So we could s- store it. And then what if you did this? What if you built these small modular nuclear reactors, which will power 60,000 homes, and then during the day it powers your city, and then at night while you're sleeping and the energy use drops, you desalinate your water, use it as the power to desal, and the excess electricity we sell to California at a profit. Right, can you see wealth from the earth, wealth from human hands? And what happens for the kids? Now, all these kids that say, we don't have anything to do here, there are no jobs yet, I want to stay home and smoke weed. Well, wait. Why would you do that when you can go and be in this cool industry over here with diesel or in the nuclear industry, or and there are tons of trade jobs here, and yeah. there are tr- tons of high tech jobs here.
1: But you know, instead of what, what, instead of that, which sounds like probably the direction we need to be going right now. Right. They're pushing wind and solar, which <laughs> right. is is completely. And I can tell you, this as an engineer. I mean, it's it's unreliable. I mean, it. it and not only that, but there's only so much energy you can store. And it's like, so right. when, you, when you've got the wind and solar going, it's like, let's say the wind's blowing really hard, you got nice and sunny days, mm-hmm. and you don't use all the power. It's like, um, we've got really, really limited technology
0: for storing power right now. Right, we're using lithium, basically. Yeah. But you've seen what's going on over in Ukraine and Kazakhstan and Iran. Which we're, is a rare earth element, which right. we're running <laughs> out of, apparently. Exactly, exactly. Now, let me throw something else out to you, because you're the engineer type. If you, this is really wonkish. This is why I did not have dates in high school. Remember, do you remember that period? never got dates, did no, they? No, the periodic table of elements <laughs> in your chemistry class yeah, that was up there right. on the wall. Well, if you kind of look at the top left, you see hydrogen is the first thing. Right underneath it is lithium. And right underneath that is salt. It's sodium. And right underneath that is potassium. What that tells you is lithium is lighter and potassium is heavier than salt. Yeah. we have ge- It's amazing what this state has. We have geologic formations in this state with lithium, salt, potassium. Imagine as you desal, you're going to get this concentrates come out. you got to do something with them. Well, what you can do is if you add solution to the salt mixture, the lithium floats to the top. It has to. You skim it off. We need lithium for these batteries. Right, right. And then underneath so it... So
1: there's a significant amount of lithium in in this uh, in the, the byproduct of desalinated right. water? Right. Interesting.
0: <laughs> and then at the bottom, you've got potassium, which, which is used in fertilizer. And for those of you kind of following why our food prices is going up so much, besides we're printing money like crazy and you can't print chicken and corn, uh, is the fertilizer issue. What we've done with our... It, it takes... It takes energy and ammonia. It takes all these different things to make fertilizer. And what the Biden administration has done is just basically crushed all this. And fertilizer prices are soaring. Well, okay, but at the bottom, this, this potassium, use it in fertilizer. Imagine what New Mexico could do even with the byproducts of this stuff. Again, we're talking about jobs that create wealth, which you were talking about just a minute ago, and not just a job where you dig a hole and another guy comes along and fills the hole and you say you created two jobs. Well, yeah, you (laughs) might've done that, but but you didn't do anything for economic development (laughs) because you have to create wealth. And so if we went down a path like that here, watch what happens. And so regardless of what they do with all this money printing, money and wealth are different. New Mexico could prosper does that make sense
1: yeah it does you know the the problem is uh, most politicians are lawyers okay and then we run into that thing I talked about earlier how we have experts okay so we have so-called experts as politicians making policy decisions in which these people may may know they may be the best lawyer in the world they may know everything about being a lawyer right but they don't know much about anything else and yet they're making decisions on everything else.
0: Right. And, and so,
1: so, yeah, that's the problem we have. Right. Do we need more laws? I, I would say we don't uh, need, we've don't. Uh, got more than uh, enough no. laws to
0: take care of us for the next No, you know years. what I would
1: love to see? I would love to see us uh, go through and just wipe out every single law that's unconstitutional, which would probably eliminate
0: most of them. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. But, but when you have thinking like that from lawyers, you end up with what we have now economically. Our economic development plan in this state has basically come to this. Casinos, weed, and personal injury attorneys. Yeah. That's really where we are right now. And we wonder why we're fiftieth. Well, all right. What's coming here? And this is maybe a point I'd like to get out to your audience, is we're gonna about, we're about to go through a shift. Shifts come in this country about every eighty to ninety years. Remember we talked earlier in the show about how Rome had to remake itself eleven times. Right. And finally it, it failed. Yeah. The Soviet Union could only make itself once and it could never remake itself it just collapsed and you kind of look at civilizations the rise and fall of empires and you'll see these patterns within patterns how many cycles did you get the united states has actually reinvented itself four times and you can go back and kind of look at well look well all right you start with the pilgrims oh okay wait a minute what happened in 1700 or the queen anne's war we don't study very much but something changed there we kind of remade certainly remade ourselves at the revolution yeah. for right? sure. But then we remade ourselves in the Civil War. Then yeah. 80 years later, World War II, the depression to World War II, the America prior to the 1930s versus the America after the world, after World War II two totally different countries. Oh
1: yeah, things a lot of things changed in World War II, you know, I was talking about civilization and things like right. that. Our civilization our civilization in this country changed significantly because the role of women in the workforce right. totally changed
0: and that was and in every cycle change we've gotten better mm-hmm. this is why it's not a doom-and-gloom thing uh, all right we re- remade ourselves during the revolution hallelujah got rid of the kings and all that kind of silly stuff from Europe we got rid of slavery during the Civil War yay we saw it was wrong we should have fixed it earlier we didn't but at least
1: Gosh, we tried. By the way, you know, since you mentioned that, we'll point out that today is Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Yeah,
0: I know. Good on him. Yeah, I mean, take the courage. I love him.
1: He's, he's like one of my favorite uh,
0: historical figures. Yeah. But we had to go through a lot of pain, didn't we? We did. It was, what seven hundred thousand? He paid 000?
1: the ultimate price for what he did, too. Right.
0: And so then, you know, here here we roll. Eighty years later, the Depression, World War II, America basically changes the whole world at that point for the better. And now here we are, what, 80, 90 years later, we're right on time. And you're right, the social fabric is shredding. You can feel it, you know, families are at each other's throats, just like they were prior to the Civil War, just like they were actually during the Revolution, just like they were prior to World War II. There is kind of a repeating pattern here. And in every case, America has found a way to reinvent itself and to come out the other side better. So, all right, we're the generations going to go through this. So what's on the other side? By the way, a shift typically takes I mean, historically three and a half, four years.
1: You know, I think what we're seeing though right now is that we've seen a lot of politicians get. They they've taken. You know, one thing the Democrats always say is, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Right. They took this. Uh, so-called pandemic, which I really, really have my doubts it was ever really a pandemic. Agree. And they have taken this thing and they say, oh, how can I work this to my political advantage? How can right. I get rich? And then you've got the big corporations saying, well, how can I get rich off of this? Everybody's got their thing that they're trying to do. Politicians want more power. Of course, politicians are getting rich too because they have, they're have they essentially insider traders. And right. then you got the corporations saying, oh, how can I profit off this? And they're not thinking about the negative consequences consequences of this, all they're thinking about is their own personal gain. And so essentially they're only thinking about right now, what can I do for myself right now? and they're right. not thinking about what the ultimate uh, uh, penalty is going to be, which is a failure failure of our civilization, our country as we know it. So but I, I think what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a lot of people which they've felt enough pain, Right. That they're finally coming around and waking up. You had a lot of people that were just in this in this daze, I mean, because the, the PSYOPs was, like, so effective on so many people. Right. And so they were, they were fooled by all of this. But now they're saying, well, uh, even though I may believe uh, this, it's like, I'm really hurting here, and I, I'm going to have to start taking some chances in life. And it's like, so maybe enough pain will finally bring everybody around and maybe we'll be able to save ourselves from this but that debt is something that really has me
0: extremely concerned sure and and, and this is what you see at the end of a selfish cycle and so during times of crisis when societies are stressed what what has happened in america is you start thinking about others and we saw this during world war ii it was you know how do we help and look out for the well-being of the society yeah. And, and this is an important time. It's serious times. And they could get really serious if we don't pull together. And then, of course, what happens with the next generation, next generation, it, it, that kind of thinking gets further and further away till you end up with where we are now, which I think the key word that describes today is selfie.
1: So <laughs> all- Oh, my gosh, that's. Yeah, you're right. People like to look at themselves. Right. Look at my food.
0: Look at me. If I'm not getting. I've
1: known people that when you go out to eat, they always have to take pictures of their food so that they can brag about it to other people. It's like, why are you taking pictures? What are you going to do with all these pictures you have of your food? It's like, really? It's like what are you doing with this? And it's like, I've never really understood that. It's like, uh, okay, whatever. But
0: it's emblematic of the age where, look at me, I'm important, I, 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 me, me, me. By the way, this happened in Rome. The same thing happened in England. These patterns repeat. And as people look only inwardly toward themselves, society shred, which is kind of what's happening now. And politicians take advantage of it and everything you just described. And then you hit a breaking point. And so it will come financially, it will come culturally, it will will come really all across, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing all these things kind of coming together. Everybody kind of feels it. All right, good. We have our chance to get rid of all this stupid stuff that's been accumulating now for decades. We're going to get a clean slate. Doesn't mean we're not going to go through some disruptions. We will. But Americans are good, and actually New Mexicans are very good at going through disruptions. But we have to have a plan on the other side. What's the new society going to look like?
1: Well, you know, a
0: question I have for you, okay?
1: As a, fi- a financial guy, you might be able to make some sense out of this because sometimes, if I try to make sense of some of this financial stuff, my head just explodes. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just not my thing, you know. And and I think about how okay, we're so we're thirty trillion dollars in, in debt, which to me sounds like uh, we're just completely screwed at this point. Is what it, is the way I way it looks like to me? But the other thing you mentioned too is that other countries are in the same boat with us right so isn't it like a relative thing it's like oh well we're in less of of a of a problem than the other countries are so doesn't that make us better off Is, is there some sense to that
0: well and that's actually where we are now yeah and that's a little bit of la la land too because yes we're all relative to each other but there is a real world and that doesn't change. Yeah. And so this is why it's showing up in the things that can't be manipulated. I mean, you really can't manipulate. I mean, there's only so much oil. There's only so much farmland. Right. There's only so much. And that's when reality comes crashing in on everybody. And this is why you're hearing the terms, the great reset or the global currency reset or the great, re- yes, everybody wants Jubilee. We're going <laughs> to start over. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. All right, so the good and the bad news on Jubilee. Here's how you erase the debts. And there are only four ways. The Romans understood this, the Egyptians, the Greeks, China. The, the, again, this is old stuff. How do you erase debt? One way is you can default. Well, we're just not paying. And we say, oh, we'll never do that. Well, I don't know. I mean, l- l- listen to Schumer right now. Let's see. The students have, what, 1.7 trillion in student loan debt, right? Yeah. So what are the politicians saying? Ah, the kids can't pay it. It's too much of a burden. Let's just forgive it. All right, I get it but someone loaned $1.7 trillion.
1: So the person that loaned that money out, it's like, what about them? They don't get paid back. It's like, it it goes back to that thing like I was talking about earlier about how you close down a business and you've got all of these people that depend on the income from that business and it goes right on down the line. So it's like you've got the the company that is responsible for loaning that money for that student debt and then you got the investors in that company that also have their money invested in that company right and it's like so it goes right on down the line so you harm a whole bunch of people by sure. doing that
0: yeah it's like loaning your 10 grand to uncle Louie and uncle louis says oh sorry i can't pay you back all right but all right now i you know i beat up on the democrats but look at the republicans Oh uh, well they're not much better no let's see so what are they saying uh china sent us covid check Uh, Let's see. It did at least a trillion dollars of damage to our economy. Check. They own a trillion dollars of our debt. Check. Let's not pay them back. Okay, that's a default. Wars start over that kind of thing. Uh, Exactly. So you got to be careful. But uh, defaulting is a pretty heavy handed instrument. Usually you don't want to do it if you're a government. So the next two go together. You print your way out of it. You devalue your currency.
1: Let's see. That's just going to make the problem worse. Well, sure. That's going to raise inflation.
0: Right. But politically, it's perfect. Because as prices rise, most people don't understand how this stuff works.
1: Oh, it's supply and demand. As prices rise, people stop buying things. Like I I heard the people at the car lot I was talking to the other day. Right. Because I was complaining about the amount of time it was going to take them to look at my truck. And the guy gives me this explanation. He said, well, he said we can't find enough people to work as mechanics right he said we can't we're having trouble getting parts right he said and people are all coming in with their their older cars to have them fixed because we're not able to sell any cars right because we don't have any cars to sell right and of course the cars that they do have to sell are the eighty-five thousand dollar broncos and everything like. like it's like who's got that kind of money i mean i i'm i'm close to paying off my truck Right, And I paid 60 for it, and it's like, I could barely wow. make that payment. Nice truck. <laughs> it is yeah. a nice truck. But, you know, it's like,
0: but now I couldn't afford that truck. Right. No way. Right. And so, and all this has been self-inflicted. Yeah. I mean, we shut down the global
1: economy. So people stopped buying cars. Guess what? Right. Uh, Ford Motor Company didn't need as many people to, to build cars because they're not selling the cars. Oh,
0: they're shutting eight plants now. I don't know if right. you knew that. Right. Oh, I
1: didn't hear that, but that didn't surprise me. Right.
0: Yeah, and because
1: of the $85,000 cars that people can't afford
0: to buy. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, So, but politically, Pelosi blames Trump, blames Biden, bl- you know, everybody's blaming the Chinese, the Russians, the Arabs, I mean, the that the evil business people who are hiking, and people's heads spin, who do you blame for the inflation? And so the politicians skate by to the next election. So they would much rather do the inflation devaluation thing than to fess up, we destroyed the currency because we were only thinking about ourselves in the next election, our own self-interest, and we didn't care about the debt, which, by the way, is immoral. All right, and then the last way, and this gets really into the weeds, is you revalue your currency versus gold? All right, so let's go. You want to get into the gold thing because it gets people's <laughs> blood moving. Sure, why other. not? We got
1: about ten minutes left. In All right, let's hour, do this let's real do fast. It. Okay. All right.
0: Gold is a shiny yellow metal. Let's just begin with I've that. I've
1: made that statement before. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've argued with people about this. It's like,
0: okay, think about this.
1: Why is gold worth so much money? I'm, really? I'm, why? I'm about to tell you. Okay. Gold
0: (laughs) doesn't move a truck or a train. You can't eat it. It doesn't earn interest. It's used barely in industry, trace amounts of technology. Warren Buffett calls gold a pet rock.
1: Well, yeah, Yeah. I mean, because I I heard somebody make the the statement before. It's like when when all hell breaks loose and everything just completely falls apart and people are just wondering where their next meal is coming from, what is gold going to be worth
0: to you? Well, now gold did get Jews out of Germany. Uh, Gold did get people onto flights out of Vietnam at the end of the Vietnam War, but you're right. If it's Mad Maxville, you're correct. All right, but for governments, gold is a panacea, and here's why. Because, here's the paradox, hang with me. Because gold is a pet rock, it's valuable. And people go, what? How can a pet Wait, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get that one either. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take you back to 1934. Franklin Roosevelt had a problem. The depression was deepening, and the income tax revenues were falling. Meanwhile, he really wanted to do the New Deal programs. He didn't have any money, but he had gold. What he did was this. He revalued gold from $20 an ounce to $35 an ounce, just by decree. I declare our gold is not worth 20 bucks; it's worth 35 Why did he do that? Well, picture scales, the old-fashioned kind. On one plate, you have gold. On the other plate, you have debt. When he made his gold $35 an ounce, it's kind of like he made his gold heavier. That made the debt lighter. With a stroke of a pen, FDR erased about 70% of the government's debt. This move helped no farmer, no homeowner, no business owner. Because they didn't have gold, that had all been taken the previous year. All right, so why gold? I want you to imagine it's 1934 in the Depression, and what if he changed the price of oil from twenty bucks a barrel to thirty-five? It would have rippled through the whole economy. Are you? Oh, uh, it
1: affects everything. Right? Are you out of your
0: mind? We can't even feed our families, and you just doubled the price of gas at the pumps. What if he doubled the price of copper? Everybody would have felt it. Aluminum, coal, natural gas—anything with a use would have rippled. Gold's a pet rock. Right. When he changed the price of gold, did it change the price of apples? Why would it? Didn't change the price of chickens, didn't change the price of gas, farmland, like, nothing. Well, he changed the price of wedding rings. Who cares? Right. And with that, he was able to erase 70% of it. We said, well, why do you stop at 35? Why don't you do 40, 50, erase? We don't know, he never recorded it. Maybe that's the cushion he needed for the New Deal programs. Maybe he thought that's what he could get, get away with, but he understood the principle of it. By the way, this trick I just did with FDR, The Romans did this, the Greeks did this, the Egyptians have done this, the Chinese have done it, the Germans have done it, the Brits have done it, and the Americans have done it. This is an old trick to erase government debt. This would explain why at the top they are saying, why is the Federal Reserve buying tons of gold? Because they see the reset coming, and when you reset and you erase debts, that's bad news for old people. It's really pretty good news for young people. We've saddled the kids with 30 trill of debt. They can't haul that wagon.
1: No, they can't. And we're actually reaching a point like you talked about earlier. We're reaching a point where the interest is going to exceed right. how much money we bring in per year. Right. And it's like, well, we're already at the point where we have no, hardly anything left. And, I, and I'm always complaining all the time. I, we're always hearing every time they're doing the budget in Congress, oh, we need to raise the debt limit. It's like, well, wow! I'd sure li- really like to do that on my credit cards and sure. just say, "Well, I can't pay my bill this uh, this month, so I need you to raise my limit, and and then I'll just pay my payment oh. with with the credit card." <laughs> it's like, it's away. like, yeah, how does this make any <laughs> sense? But, yeah, why do they keep? Why don't they cut their spending rather than continually raising their credit limit? Because what that's going to do is it's ultimately going to raise the debt.
0: Right. And by the way, you know we're, we're stuck on thirty trillion. It's actually not a true number. No. The what we call unfunded liabilities, the promises. Yeah. They've made promises for Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. Way um, more than that. Yeah, you know, 30 military 30 retirements. 30. If the government were a company, you have to put that obligation onto your balance sheet that basically says, yeah, we've committed to, and you run some numbers, actually, we really owe this much. Every year, Boston University runs the numbers, depending on your assumptions. It, we're at 150, 180 tr- trillion in debt right so we're going to have a reset they're already planning for it we're good at getting through it what would new mexico do to get through it and go from worst to first have a plan america's going to remake itself just like rome did 11 times so will we if we have a plan that's why i'm running for governor (laughs) so let's let's look forward let's have a vision on what we could do because we have wealth we have wealth from the earth. We have wealth from human hands. What we need is a plan and some leadership, and we, watch, we can come out of the other side of this better.
1: I hope you're right.
0: Yeah, be optimistic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I have a mix of friends that are, uh, some of them are telling me that uh, doom and gloom, yeah, okay. doom and gloom, Others are telling me, "Oh, everything is just going to be wonderful after this." And it's like, "Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know." Right. So I, you know, people have got to change, and it's like, um, if we keep the current politicians that we have in office in there, and they keep running us into the ground more and more, and just are more concerned with their own personal greed and personal power, um,
0: it's gonna, you know, we got to get rid of them. Yeah. And, and, really and, do. and, and uh, you're seeing this right now in New Mexico. <laughs> it's been fun running for governor. I'm getting calls from conservative Democrats saying, gosh, we've had it with her. Would you come out and meet with a family? Well, that's new. Yeah. And so, so what's happened here? What is it that makes a conservative Democrat who's pro-gun, pro-life, pro-family, they don't like taxes very much. Nobody does why is it they go into the voting booth and every cycle they hit D? What causes that? Well, all right, now it's generals. That,
1: that's what I've always done. My family did that. My grandparents did that. It's like we sure. were all Democrats. And it's like, I, it's like, come on here. You need to put a little more thought into this than, than, than it being a tradition that I vote for bone with a D. It's like, But we actually hear that sort of thing. Right. and. It's like, come on, you need, you need to pay more attention. You need to get over this uh, uh, tradition thing of your voting
0: habits. Okay, yeah, but what they have going for them is basically this. The Democrats say, we're going to take care of you. We we took care of your parents. We're taking care of you. We're going to take care of your kids. Those nasty Republicans are going to throw you out on the private enterprise ocean and watch you drown. Right, yeah. All right. But what's happening now is those promises are being broken. Right. Because as prices rise.
1: Which goes back to that thing I talked about earlier about how much pain can you handle before you finally start thinking.
0: Right. And this this is what we're starting to get to now. And when you're at that point of people have just had it, now you have to be there as the other party saying, we have an alternative. Has this happened in New Mexico before? Yes. Did you know New Mexico used to be a Republican state?
1: really how long ago was that
0: long time ago we could back when we were a territory we were, we couldn't even get into the union because we were anti-slave and because we and the democrats were pro-slavery so we were republican and then we became a state and we were we elected republicans to control the state up until 1928 the trouble is the republicans have been in power so long this will shock you <laughs> we had we had become corrupt
1: Imagine that. imagine that really too
0: much power for too long. It's human beings. Yeah, then the depression hit and The people of New Mexico said wait a minute. You made me promises And now these promises are being broken. I don't have a job. I don't have any income I don't have and there were the Democrats with their arms wide open saying here's what we're gonna do for you And you could go back and look at the 1930 election the switch flipped in New Mexico We went from Republican to Democrat and we've never looked back But now we're coming, remember we talked about shifts, but there are cycles. We're coming back around.
1: Everything goes in cycles.
0: Everything goes in cycles. It does. So here we are, what, 90 years later, right on time, and we've got an economic mess coming at us. I mean, we all know it. Okay, got it. We'll get through it. But the blame game is going to come. You promised me, and now you're not delivering. So we have to be there with an alternative message on how are we going to do this better? Which is what you know, I'm trying to get through in this, in, during this campaign. How are we going to build a different New Mexico? Not one based on big government and handouts and welfare and, and the stuff that's really just pushed us to the bottom of the barrel. And so when we talk about water, when we talk about energy, when we talk about crime and the border, none of those are Republican Democrat issues. Aren't those New Mexico issues? Yeah. Right. This is the message we need to be putting out there, rather than you just do it our way. Otherwise, you're a bad person. Well, no. <laughs> no one's gonna. No. One, it doesn't you're attract voters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, what I think New Mexico's kind of looking for is uh, maybe a fresh outlook on how we should do this stuff. <laughs> so, uh,
1: anyway, before we reach the end of this hour, so. I think what I'd like to talk about in the next hour is I'd like to talk a little bit about the situation in Ottawa, which is very interesting, okay. with the trucker convoy. All right. uh, I love those guys, by the way. And then I'm gonna, we're going to do a little question and answer thing, uh, as it has to do with your campaign. Okay. And uh, then we're going to do some closing uh, statements, and uh, it'll be a wrap for my very first
0: show. And again, I'm honored I got to do your first show. It's really I, nice
1: I, I'm honored you were able to come to my first show. I think you were the perfect first guest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in high school?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ottawa thing. And I've certainly got a lot of thoughts on that myself. And um, and then we'll be back uh, after the break with uh, General Greg Zanetti. On uh, free. Oh, we got five minutes? Oh. Okay, sorry about that, people. (laughs) Okay,
0: Let's go to Ottawa. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and start on the Ottawa thing, and if we don't uh, finish it up, we'll continue it in the last hour. So we've seen what's going on in Ottawa. Now, first of all, let me tell you that if you have been getting your information about what's going on in Ottawa from the mainstream news, uh, you're being lied to. I can just tell you that much because I've been getting my information about what's going on in Ottawa from social media, From people that are up there with their camera phones, and they're streaming it onto Facebook and other different platforms, and they're walking around, and they're showing what's going on. And as a matter of fact, the the song I'm going to play on this break, you guys have got to watch it on, uh, it's on YouTube. And it's a song by Jamie Nix called Just Drive. And it's a tribute to the convoy in Ottawa, and it's just—it's amazing. It's got a great video to it, and and I'm going to play some of it in the next break. But they're trying to make it out like what's going on in Ottawa is a fringe movement. Oh, it's like fringe. No, I'm sorry, it's not fringe. Uh, Their Ottawa is filled with truckers and supporters of what they're doing, and. It's, it's amazing how these people have pulled together. And like what I was talking about earlier, it's like enough people have felt enough pain to where they're getting out and they're doing what I've been doing for the last two years, which is they're protesting. Right. And I saw this coming two years ago. It's like, oh, this is where we're heading. Just like when they tried to impose these unconstitutional mask mandates. It's like, no, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not going to. I never have. I'm not going to take this experimental shot. I don't want to be your guinea pig. Right. And so so these people have finally had enough and they've gathered up there and by the way we're getting ready to put together a uh, our own convoy in the United States. We're all, right. I've, it starts in I've, March, right? Yeah, I've been involved in that too. So it's like we're going to be con- convoying across the United States. Matter of fact, I'm already, I've got CB, uh, a CB installed in my truck too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back, way back when, it's like that's where I got like really, really interested in radio was with CBs. Back when I was like 15 years old, I remember my dad got one installed in his pickup truck, and I was fascinated by it. It's like, wow, this is great. So I'd go out, and I would sit in his pickup truck, and talk on the CB.
0: To the truckers.
1: Not to the truckers, really. Uh, actually, there were a lot of uh, teenagers my age in <laughs> the area, in the city. That's And great. they were doing the same thing. And we got this little community going. It was kind of like the chat room of the day. Sure. Because there weren't computers back then. No, no. You know, and at least no internet or anything like that. So, But this became like our social network is on the CB. And we we would talk, and then we'd get together, and we'd meet places, and we would get together, and we get to see the person behind the voice. And I've actually still got um, I still got one friend from way back then that we're still great friends, and she lives in Ohio. We talk all the time. Nice. And uh, we uh, we were out of touch with each other for a while, and we got back in touch. And I heard from her, and says, "Hey," and it's like her handles Panda Bear. And it's like, hey, Panda Bear, how's it going? <laughs>
0: it's so funny. And now it's happening in a big way. It's happening Ottawa.
1: in a it's happening in a big way, and it's wonderful. And so, I was watching what happened the other day, where the the mayor of Ottawa brought in all these cops. There's like 150 cops descended on this on their base camp there, right. where they've set up tents and stuff like that for for food and and they had people donate a whole lot of fuel probably thousands of gallons of fuel right they came in and took Took their fuel fuel, they stole their fuel that's theft right i'm sorry what law were they breaking were they breaking a law? no there again we're into mandates and orders by people that are exceeding their authority the the mayor of ottawa did not have that authority right He, he 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 didn't go through the legislature they didn't they didn't There was no law that they were breaking, and yet the news is trying to make these people out to be violent insurrectionists.
0: Right, and they're baiting them.
1: Yeah, they're baiting them. They're trying to get them to do something. So we'll be right back after this break.